This is your 1017 The Truth News Update. Hi, everyone. I'm Melanie Ricks with your news update. Two men are in critical condition after a shooting near Edison and Highland, near the Water Street Entertainment District. Milwaukee police say it happened just after midnight. A 23-year-old man and a 33-year-old man were both shot and transported to the hospital. They are in critical condition. Police are searching for suspects. If you have information, you are encouraged to call them at 414-935-7360. Or if you would like to remain anonymous, you can either contact Crime Stoppers at 414-224-TIPS or through the P3 Tips app. Opening statements will begin today for the trial of a Wisconsin woman accused of killing and dismembering her sexual partner while high on drugs. Taylor Shabeznis is charged with first-degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and third-degree sexual assault in the death of Shad Thyrian. The crime happened inside a Green Bay home last year. On Friday, a judge ruled Shabeznis is competent to stand trial. A jury has also been selected for the trial with a total of 16 jurors, 9 women, and 7 men. Authorities say that Shabeznis strangled the victim with a chain during sex while both high on methamphetamine. Prosecutors say that she admitted to sexually assaulting and dismembering his corpse. The trial is expected to last one week. Black Arts Fest will return on Saturday, August 5th. Black Arts Fest MKE exists to celebrate the deep roots of African heritage and the creativity of black cultural arts. This year's festival will be held on Saturday, August 5th from 12 noon until 10 p.m. The festival takes place on the Summerfest grounds, and you can find more information as well as purchase tickets by visiting blackartsfestmke.com. This was the news update on 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris continues next here on the new 1017 The Truth. Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank candid and straight to the point well it's just a skewed uh system of course it is it's a lot but, of adjustment but, but answer my question though should we let people what? go should we let people go like let's just forget about bail altogether and if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you they can live upstairs from you let them come in your house Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council. Show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Want to say congratulations to Jackie on winning today's Wisconsin State Fair ticket giveaway on Truth in the Afternoon. Be sure to tune in to Truth tomorrow. DT and Telly will be giving away another free four-pack of tickets to the Wisconsin State Fair. So, James from Milwaukee, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? Fine yourself, Dr. King. I'm good. I'm good. Well, in reference to your conversation there, me personally, I wouldn't have done anything. It was kind of gave me an idea of that person's way of thinking. I'm going to tell you why I wouldn't have done anything. Okay. Because me personally, I think we get that word too much power. Yep. I mean, really, my thing is this. If you don't put your hands on me, I don't give a damn really what you say for the most part. Yep. You know, but I think we get a word too much power now, man. It's like, you know, people use it like, okay, from a black perspective, we can use it as a term of endearment or whatever we want to use it. And then somebody else say it, then it's like, oh, now it's a bad word. But to me, it don't bother me, Dr. King. I'm one of those type of guys, man, you know, say what you want to say. As long as you don't put your hands on me, that's fine. And I'll tell you a quick story real quick and be done with it. All right. I worked for a company one time, and I was the only black guy that worked in that department for the company here in Milwaukee. They had a, a Christmas party one time. And that's what I learned what African violets were, the flower. Because the guy got up there that was giving the stuff away. He said, oh, we got some nigger violets here. And everybody looked at him, and the guy got fired behind it because he used that word, which I really didn't care about it, you know. But at the end of the day, I think we, we can't continue to keep doing that word too much power. And I, it don't have the power, at least with me, it don't. Because the bottom line is I realize there are those who came before me that felt a certain way about it. Those are much older than me. I'm 64 years old. So there were those that came before me. I'm sure it has a different meaning. But to me, man, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you don't put your hands on me, that word don't bother me at all. If you use it, it's giving me an idea of your way of thinking. I'll deal with you accordingly. So why do you think people respond to it so emotionally? Because I think that they've been, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, maybe brainwashed and about the power that it's supposed to hold. Okay. And notice I say supposed to hold, because at the end of the day, you know, okay, me and you were back there in the slavery days. I'm quite sure if there's those that right now maybe 99 years old or uh, 100 years old that are still here, right. they, they, they know their story better than me and you know it. So I can understand it meaning whatever it means to them. But at some point in time, you know, we weren't there, you know. And, and, and again, we keep giving all this power, all this power. So how many generations are we going to go through just giving this, this, this one word the same amount of power? Because I teach prison ministry, and I'm going to tell you honestly, I use that word a lot in my prison ministry because to me, the, the, the person that uses the N-word, you understand, really gives me an idea of what their mental status is any doggone way. So it really takes a nigga to use the word nigga to me. Okay. That's the way I look at it. All right. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Dr. Ken. All right. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. So I completely agree. We give too much credence to a word that shouldn't mean anything to you. But we get taken off of our game by being called emotional, being made emotional by people saying and doing things to us that make us mad. And then if you don't agree with the person, then something's wrong with you, right? You should be out protesting and burning stuff down because somebody did. Like, like I get Black Lives Matter. I get protesting. 
for the lives of innocent black people. But when you burn your own neighborhood down, that makes no sense. When you go in somebody else's neighborhood and burn their neighborhood down, it doesn't make any sense. What am I saying? It makes no sense to burn anything down when you're mad. What are you doing? Somebody else commits a crime, so you commit a It's not like you're defending yourself or your family. It's not. Derek on the talking text line said, white people say and do things that should be challenged, but black people always find an excuse for them before they find one for themselves. So they get away with things that they should not. And you want to talk about it. And you want to talk about it thinking you can shame them. Oh, okay. People don't care. And why would you think that they would care? They scream and holler and walk and protest and go right back to their neighborhood in the suburbs and think nothing of it. And you can't be mad. It's not like you can get upset at somebody. Can you be mad at somebody who wants to live in a good neighborhood and not live around violence and want their kids and family to grow up safe? But then the same people don't want the police in their neighborhood because they say there's mass incarceration. Doesn't make any sense. How do you complain about something that's going to actually make you safe? And you come up with every reason why people shouldn't be arrested who are criminals. Do people slip through the cracks? Absolutely. Do people get in trouble when they shouldn't? Absolutely. Do people make mistakes? Absolutely, and they should get a pass. I've watched people get passes. I've watched the ability for a police officer to use the letter and the spirit of the law to make sure people didn't get jammed up and their entire life destroyed and all that stuff because they could. Because they didn't break any laws, any rules, or any procedures. They simply used discretion. And so if people think that when, 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 when police, um, they want to take away police discretion, that puts you in a box. That gives a matrix. And every time you commit this crime, you get that, and that's it. You get no room. Traffic no longer becomes discretionary and nobody gets off. Grandparents, kids, grandkids, aunts, everybody gets a ticket. Mandatory. So when y'all talk about putting up these cameras, when you start talking about putting up these cameras and these cameras are going to save you, the only people that are going to get burned are the people that care that may run a light or go into the intersection when it's yellow. And if your car is in the intersection when it turns red, you're getting a ticket. That's what the yellow light is for. And it's counting down. Five, four, three, and you speed up. Two, one, it turns yellow. Boom. And you're in the intersection, you get a ticket. You know what you're going to do? You're going to pay it. And other people aren't. And they're going to get away with it, and you're not. 
and you're going to be right back in the same place where you're going to end up getting jammed up and you're going to have too many tickets and you're going to get your license suspended and your car registration suspended and then there's going to be a warrant for your arrest and then you're going to get arrested. Why? Because you're trying to clean up your community when the people that are causing the crime end up not going to jail. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Be Bizzle, you're on the new one zero one seven. The truth. What's up? Hello, hey, what's up, Doctor Ken? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That's good to hear. I, uh, I mean, my my thing was uh, about what the previous caller had said, mentioned about you know not really giving that word any power, and uh, I personally I had the same situation. Basically, we're all you know all going down up in like northern Fond du Lac. And we're all, you know, rafting down this river. Right. And some dude mentioned this, like, you know, I, 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 was, I really wasn't focused. I was just enjoying the time. And some dude just, just, you know, brings out, like, this old meme where it's like, you know, where basically this Indian kid that says, you know, I do not associate with niggers or whatever. And so, literally, they put all the, all the power was just thrusted onto me because for some reason, you know, I, I was a dark-skinned dude. I, like, keep in mind, my heritage East African one night. Like, I know who I am. I know who I'm from. Right. No, no disrespect to African-Americans in the United States. But it's just like where if you just look, if you look or look like someone who who has the same history, you know, you get you you have the power of that conversation. And I think that it, it is something it is something that's like, you know, why? Like, why do I have to have this power? Like, why can't you, you know, have control of your own self? And in that moment. I saw myself as more of like a survivalistic. Granted, it was very cowardice, and I understand, but, you know, sometimes you got to know when to die on a certain mill, uh, molehill. And, right, uh, right. You got to yeah, know which I, hill to die on. And I, exactly, exactly. And so with the case of that, of that young lady at that concert where, you know, the dude said it twice or whatever, I, I, I think that it's really, I mean, it's unfair that we have to take this burden, but what we, what we can do with this burden is actually take the time to um, to not only just educate, but really just take this time to just say like like you you are you know your mind is so enveloped in what this world has to teach that you don't even care about the people who are next to you right that that for some reason this very like local very like very um, very small situation mm-hmm. ends up becoming something that is just grown out of proportion now now you're the spokesperson for all these people. Like how many times? How many times are even white people the minority in this country, right? How many times are white people the minority in in uh, in, the, in in these situations that they have to be a spokesperson? And keep in mind, like I'm, I'm not. I don't share the same history. I'm sorry, I don't share the same history. And and, and so your understanding of it is it based on the fact that your heritage is from from East Africa? Yeah. Yes, sir. And so you were the only person that represented. Does it bother you to represent African-Americans or black people who are from America and not Africa? I, I think so. Yes, because if you if you were if you were if you were in. OK, let's say I don't know. You say you're from Chicago often or Illinois so the Midwest. Right. Let's say you go down to New Mexico. You're you you you're you're going with some of your uh, colleagues from work. And, you know, they, they, they're at a bar, right? right. And, you know, some, something, this, uh, something of this nature of a situation comes up, and now you are the spokesperson, oh, okay, like, you know, oh, oh this is just New Mexico culture or whatever. Like, why, you know, why are you that person? 
Well, am, let, let me give I, you a better example. I, I, can, can I give you a better example? Okay, yes, yes. My grandfather's yes, yes, from my, my grandfather's from Benin. Okay, yes, see, exactly. But yet I was born here. My grandmother's yeah. mixed. She looks white, but yeah. she went to a boarding school for high school in the 1920s. Same here, yeah. Right? Yes, so, yes. so how do you how do you deal with being in mixed conversation when people are talking about people of African heritage and people from African heritage are talking about people that are African American? Like, how do you fix that? I, I and and I guess for a simple answer, there's no way of fixing that because when, if you if you saw me on the side of the street. You say, oh, man, that's just, that's just a dark brother. That's a purple-looking brother, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a dark-skinned dude. Okay. But to the, to the people who are from the outside looking in, all they see is what my complexion is. They don't know the intricacies of my whole heart, right? All, you know, all you can see is what this person puts on, their, puts on themselves and covers themselves with. You don't know how that person feels when they're laying in their bed. You know, you don't know what the tears that they kind of cry. You don't know how saucy that their that their heart may be, right? And I think right. just you know this this is it's much more you know it's much more of a of a complex situation than just like you know what would you do in this situation? I understand, but it is still um, I think it still is something where I I I as my own personal initiative right. I wanted to I wanted to learn and get myself well read. On the situation, so you know, reading W. E. B. Du Bois, the souls of black. Oh, people. hang on, let me let, let me correct you right quick. His name is Du Bois, not Du Bois. He refuses the oh. to he refuses to accept the French side of his family, so he changed the pronunciation of his last name to Du Bois. Du Bois, thank thank you for correcting me. You're welcome, sir. But you know, reading Booker T. Washington, mm-hmm. Du Bois, all all these all these prolific authors who articulated quite well in their own time period during throughout, you know, the late 19th century, Jim Crow laws, you know, this, that, and the third happening at that time. And, you know, the probably like what, two decades before the, the world war one. And I, I thought as a, as a necessity for me to be well read on this specific topic, just so the fact that I can correct people and say, Hey brother, hold on now. Like, First of all, when you, you when you say these sort of things like this is the history of what's happened to African Americans of this country, and then at the end I say, all right, well, after all that being said, like I'm not that, <laughs> you know, uh, like I, I'm not I'm not I'm not any of that because I know personally where I've come from, but I also know that people mistakenly pin me as this sort of uh, as this sort of uh, person. When in, you know, in reality, like that's just not how it is. So you know, I'm just I'm taking the part-time teacher, full-time mm-hmm. African American. You know. So before we go, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. This is a personal question, right? And you can you can refuse okay. to answer it if you like. And and I I don't know your age, so I don't know if you have the historical perspective. But why is it that there's a perception that people that are from Africa look down on African Americans? You know, I I can't answer you that. I was born I, I was born in 1999, so I'm a I'm a young I'm a green one for sure. But 
just from what I can understand from how my relatives and my own parents and my own siblings at that um, move around on this uh, move around the United States is basically it's it's almost it's almost like what you sometimes what you say I don't want to put words in your mouth but you know there there's an opportunity for you to work up in the situations that you are in right you you say yourself correct me if I'm wrong but I mean, you come from a single-parent household. You come from a very, you know, very, um, very un- less than fortunate situation in life. But yeah, here you are on this radio show talking, right? And to me, I granted we we face similar setbacks. You know, we're right right now. We're in the process of trying to close out on a home, taking seven months. We're trying to figure out all these other things for our, for other other relatives for both back here, uh, you know, around the United States and back at home. But I think the the way to put it is there, there's a lot more infrastructure here compared to at least some families and some uh, some situations out in, in the rest of the world. And, you know, if you, if you understand geopolitics, uh, then you would understand that comparatively, the United States just has a better infrastructure which is which is why you came here which is why your family's here precisely right precisely precisely so all right thank you so much for giving me this time and um stay blessed love the work you guys do and shout out to atc (laughs) all right take care and that is dr ken's truth on the new 1017 the truth The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the bad, bad hand signals. I got to stop talking with my hands. I got to check my European heritage see if it ain't Italy, but I think it's actually like England. How European are you? Twenty, like fifteen, twenty. Well, wait a minute. I can, I can tell you in a second. I can tell you because I got it on my phone because I saved it. This is all from your grandmother? My grandfather was from Benin. And he had European in him? No, my grandmother did. My but, grandmother was, was mixed. So she was mixed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Red hair, green eyes. Black and white or like black, more black than white? More white than black. More white than black? Yeah. She went to boarding school, dude. More white than black? So she, she went was, to boarding school. She was 60% white? I don't know. I don't think you can be 60% white. I think you're either 50% or 75% or, you know. You could it could be broken down, can't it? Not like that. Yo think yo I mean you did the 23 and me. I did a couple of them. 
Oh, yeah, you got all your DNA. Yeah, I did um, Ancestry. I did the the black one. And they all came out about the same. And I did all of us. And so it, it came out where, <sighs> see, I can actually tell you, because it was, it was kind of clear. Um, it basically confirmed what I already knew. And I kind of, Figured out that we can we can guess or we can actually look up exactly what your heritage. And so my heritage, Sub-Saharan Africa, is 84%, 69% West Africa, Nigeria, and 15% Central and East Africa, Kenya, Uganda, Congo. Europe, 16%. I'm going to start calling you Caucasian King. Which, which, which I knew it was Northern, you know, Ireland, United Kingdom, like that. Did you hear what I said or no? I'm going to pretend like oh. I didn't hear it. Because <laughs> then we're going to be fighting on the air. This is Caucasian King. Do I look like Caucasian King to you? No, not well, what, even What close. are you even talking about? I was just too fun, even though what it's not truly alliterative. About? You can see the pictures of my grandfather. You can see the heart features. And I was like, and then I realized he was born in the late 1800s. And so his parents were slaves and he came with them. And I was, that kind of like weirded me. Like, I, I think, I think he was born significantly. What's the word I'm looking for? I think he was born. He may have been born here, but he was born to, to his African mother and father. Does that make sense? And so it was kind of weird to see the, the, the resemblance of, and then to watch the warrior king, the, the woman king, right? And to hear them talking about it, going, hey, wait a minute. I remember that. And learning about the agoji and all that stuff. So it was, it was pretty, it was cool, but then it was kind of scary because you have to recognize that, you know, you're you're living in a time where people say things and they just don't, you know, I, I guess I know how mixed people that are black and white feel. When, <laughs> look, somebody said, I'm glad to see you and Kyle getting along better. When did we ever not get along, Kyle? I don't, I don't get that. But I don't know. They're going to have to remind me. Well, you know, you'd be raising your voice and hollering at me and, you know, making me feel bad. Y'all committing, swear. Committing elder abuse and all that stuff. So, no, you know. no, that's the, elder abuse is a serious problem. <laughs> I am not a perpetrator of that. Yeah, but you make me feel, wait, wait, wait. You make me feel unsafe. Even well, though there's glass and doors and computers and all that stuff between us. Call me, what is that, the uh, See, Ozaki School District? See? Well, not Ozaki School. See? What school district is that? Uh, See, he's raising his voice again. Some, some school district in Wisconsin. Arrowhead. <laughs> safe spaces. There's no such thing as a safe space around here. <laughs> See, Derek, that's how Kyle treats me. With complete and utter disrespect. Eld is, would that even be? I don't even have, Nah. Anyway, let me let, let me quit being silly because then somebody will get upset and they'll hear me say something they'll think is true. And then uh, we'll get in trouble. I know how to get out of this. <laughs> Traffic, sports, and weather up next. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. One again, congratulate Jackie for winning the state fair tickets today. She won a four-pack absolutely free. And tomorrow, you need to listen to uh, DT and Tully because they're going to be giving away another four-pack. So if you ain't listening, you ain't winning. If ain't your number, you ain't getting them. I'm just saying. So I was looking at a story from WLS Channel 7 in Chicago. A 10-year-old boy has been taken to the hospital for observation today. After shooting at the Chicago police during a SWAT standoff in the city's Beverly neighborhood. Chicago police officers responded just after 1120 a.m. to the 9800 block. I know exactly where that is. Of South Charles Street for a child in distress. Police said during a news conference this afternoon that the child was able to get a hold of an unsecured weapon inside his home and fire multiple shots. When officers arrived, he also shot at the police. He was also pointing the gun at himself at times, according to the CPD. And due to the child's age and distress, the police used non-lethal methods to try to subdue him. Police fired beanbags and deployed pepper spray, eventually startling the boy and causing him to toss the gun away. And then they detained him and took him to the hospital for observation. Nobody was injured. The child was not injured. And Chicago fire officials said a woman was transported to Little Company of Mary Hospital in an unknown condition from the scene. So got to keep your got to keep your weapons Secure. Kids in the house, lock them up. Adults in the house, lock them up. Notice notice the pattern? <laughs> right. Just lock them up and be done. The gun up, not the person. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Derek, you see what I'm putting up with? He be treating me bad. Okay. That's, that's about all I got. Because then usually when I say that, like 95 people call and text, and, and they're all on Kyle's side anyway so you know i can only get what i can get speaking of the police what should happen to a person if a mistake is made and somebody dies does it depend on the mistake does it depend on their part in the mistake well Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Anybody hear this story? Last week, Pleasant Prairie officer arrested somebody, searched them, put them in handcuffs, put them in the back of their car. And when they drove to the Kenosha County Jail, the person pulled out a gun and shot and killed themselves. So there are some things that were going on here. I don't know any of the instances at all. So I don't know any details. I don't know what happened. Was the person distracted? Was the officer distracted and did other people? Or did he just transport and somebody else searched? But normally anybody goes into your car, you search them regardless of if the person before you said they searched them. Does that make sense? So if Kyle is arrested, Nope, let me rephrase that. If I'm arrested and Kyle is arresting me, 
if I got arrested by another officer and Kyle said, hey, I'll take him to the jail and I'm going to do the transport, I would arrest him and I'm sorry, Kyle would arrest me. No, no. Somebody else would. <laughs> I'll get it right. Somebody else would arrest me and search me and then turn me over to Kyle, who would then search me and then put me in a car. So that's at least two people. I don't know what their procedure is. I don't know what they did. I'm not saying anybody did wrong. Because if you want to hide something on you, you can hide it. And so you have to be pretty thorough when you search people. Unfortunately, someone was not. But we don't know that. We don't know where this gun was hidden, so we don't know where the person. Now, it could have turned bad because they could have simply turned the gun on the person, on the officer in the car. Now, we've seen that happen in the past, too. So, I don't know, was he? I I believe the person was white. Okay. Because I've seen something in the news about asking for justice, and I I did not look into it, but I believe Mm -hmm. it was a white individual. I can definitely do some fact-checking at my producer duties. Would you? Because I don't think that matters. I think he does. No. Procedure? Nobody in their right mind who's a cop. I don't care who you are. I'm going to say this publicly. If you put somebody in the back of your squad car or the front of your squad car and you don't search them, you're an idiot. And and I'm 99.9% sure you've gone against procedure. Even if I'm giving you a ride home as a citizen, you're going to get searched. I'm going to check your bag. I'm going to check what you can. What? Absolutely not. No way at all. Talking text, I said, did you, Derek said, did you see where the police sick their dog on an unarmed black man? Yep. And that's another story. When we come back, I want to talk about that one as well. The unarmed black man, where there's video, where the, no, I'm not going to go into it because then we won't take a break and then we'll get right off in the mouth. So when we come back, we want to talk about this. The shooting, we're going to get that information we're looking for, that Kyle's looking up. And we're going to talk about where the police, and there's video, sicking a dog on a black man who's unarmed on his knees. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. So LT said, at first glance, it's not a mistake, it's negligence. And I said, negligence is when he never searched them. And he said, correct. I said, the guy was searched. Like, he got searched. We don't know if it was a bad search. We don't know. Like, there, there's a lot of missing information. Um. Craig said that little child in Chicago was lucky he didn't kill anyone himself or officers and officers are not using deadly force and killing. Well, most cops are smart enough to see a 10 year old who's literally you got called to where he's in mental distress. So if he has a gun, you're not going to want to shoot a 10 year old. You're going to avoid that like because you can't get out from under that. Like just you personally. Side note, I had a whole disagreement. I disagreed with the psychologist last week on nothing but the truth. With Melanie Rick, you can hear that 12 to 1 every day on 
almost said 94.5 ESPN, 101.7 The Truth. <laughs> and she told me that mental health is not an excuse for bad behavior. It's and, not. But my it's whole, not. So, but my whole thing is, is the reason why. And if somebody said no, the boy, it's not. the boy was just had a, he, you just said he was in mental, he was in distress. So the right. police did not shoot at him because they could tell it was a ten year old boy in dis- mental distress. Right. And so the excuse, the reason why he was acting that way, because he had mental health issues. I'm pretty sure he had a disease of some sort. Right? Isn't that, that a, isn't a, mental health a disease? Hang on, hang on. That he had a diagnosable thing, right? When you're just emotional and just out there losing your mind, that's that's a different kind of mental health. When people say mental health, they're talking about diagnosable things that can be treated by a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You know what I'm saying? That is you acting a fool and then you stepping back saying it was mental health. Well, okay. Well, like, I guess that's a like great... Like old girl that was down in Alabama who was driving a car who disappeared for four days. They left her wig and all she that. She may have she schizophrenia. Her, you don't know what she Cheetos got. she with her. But then she called 911, but she was smart enough to look up Amber alerts and all that stuff on her on her search engine, right? We could say that's mental health. That's narcissism if it's mental health. So I'm I'm not really looking like I got a different point of view on that one. I'm just saying. Something wrong with that. She one. apologized, by the way. She you ad- gotta tell us what you did first before you apologize. She admitted Otherwise, she admitted she she admitted she made it up. And why did she make it up? Because uh, she broke up with her boyfriend. I don't I, I don't know. I just know that right. I was sent something that said that she, right. Carly Russell, released, released a statement admitting there was no kidnapping and apologizing for her actions to the community. Hey, if you want to, you can talk about that next hour. But uh, I ain't uh, talking about Carly Russell. She a knucklehead. A, a knucklehead that has mental instability. She ain't got no mental instability. Ken, she if, you show, if she show a butt naked to her mama house in the middle of the night, then she got some. Come on, uh, she, she, she purposefully did that. She crazy. See, y'all just giving people. <sighs> I'm sorry for taking you off, but that's what you get for having me as your producer today. I know. And the fact that you assigned yourself as my producer has something to do with it, too. But, you know, okay. Because <laughs> you're the boss. So here, here, here's the deal. There's a man that gets pulled over in an 18-wheel truck. I forget what state it was. To get pulled over because he doesn't have a mud flap. Mud flaps, I don't know a lot about trucks. I know about cars, but not trucks. You know, mud flaps, I guess it's important. So, you know, your wheel and mud getting on your car and all that stuff, your truck and, you know, skidding and sliding and all that stuff. That That's my assumption. Figures it would be Ohio. So they pulled the person over. And I don't know if it was the state patrol who had the dog or the local police who had the dog. But... They pull him over. For some reason, they put him at gunpoint because evidently he probably didn't pull over within a reasonable amount of time. Now, was the officer justified in pulling his gun and making the guy get out the car and all that? I don't know. Maybe he had a report where the truck came back stolen. Maybe the driver of the truck ended up having a warrant. We don't know. That'll all be looked into. But what it came down to is... This man's now out of the truck, and he's on his knees. Now, pulling over when you have red lights is one thing, but we don't know, 
you know, did the person drive and the person tried to pull up alongside the truck and the truck swerved and they had to back off. Like, we don't know what what exchange there was between the squad and the truck, but we know they got pulled over. So now the guy gets pulled over and he's out the cab. He's on the ground. And he has his hands up and he's on his knees. And so he's just standing, he's sitting there, right? The dog shows up because, you know, one of the troopers brings the dog. <laughs> Circleville police. Okay, figures. I figured it was a local Ohio. Um, and so the trooper tells him, don't release the dog. Multiple times. Hey, it's on video. Don't release the dog. The guy's on the ground. He's got his hands up. We're good. He's unarmed. Don't release the, he releases the dog and orders the dog to bite the guy. Thinking this trooper was going to probably be on his side. But you know what happened? It got reported. Like, well, it's on video. Really? And so now it's on video. Not, not a view the dog breaking away, which is weird because if you're a dog handler, your dog's not going to break away from you. You control that dog with your voice. You don't need a hand on that dog. You can stop that dog anytime. This man ordered the dog to bite the person while the Ohio State Trooper is telling the officer, do not release the dog. What do you think should happen to that officer? Now, that officer... Hmm. He should be fired. And he should be charged. And if I could finagle away, at a minimum, recklessly endangering safety if he was in Wisconsin. Reckless injury. But he did it intentionally, so it should probably be attempt homicide. And lock him up. Throw away the key. What if you were scared and you decided to pull over where it's light because you don't trust the police and then that happens to you? That just set the police back 20 years because of an idiot, knucklehead, small town cop. And that's what scares me more. than Big city cops don't scare me. I speak the language. You know, I keep up with what's going on, procedures. I, I, I read. I'm in organizations, so I kind of know this is what you're supposed to do. This is what the rules and procedures say. All you got to do is read it. You did that wrong. Sometimes it's, hey, retraining. Hey, somebody holler at that officer and tell them to, you know, do better next time. And other times you need time off without pay or you need to be fired. But when you sick a dog on somebody... Circa 1963, Watts riots in L.A. type stuff. Huh? Nah, dude, you're done. And there should be a list of law enforcement officers that fire and police commissions have that says you can never be hired as a cop. What? Can you preach it right now? Go ahead, sir. You, you, th- there should be a list, 
And I'm not talking about people that are involved in shootings and cleared because that's just public stuff. Y'all just get upset about that. And I, I, I get it. But, you know, we take pepper spraying guns and dogs and stuff to fights where people are fighting us. I get that. But you still have to show some restraint. You still have to show some things. You're still, you know, it just, yeah. Some people just don't need a job. I'm sorry. Some people just don't need a job. Hmm. Grant said, Dr. Ken, I refuse to watch another video like this. The dog and the officer who released the dog should be put down along with anyone donating to his legal expenses. Well, I don't know if he's been charged with anything yet. So, And then Craig said, I'm in with Kyle on that. But my question is, so does that mean, does that not constitute mental illness even if temporary? No, I don't. No mental illness temporary. Because of what time frame or acts do you gauge or define your mental illness? When it's immediate? I would say that that's temporary. When somebody punches you and you punch them back and they die, that's temporary. But anyway, we'll get into it. Top five at five. We have all this stuff coming up. You're listening to The Truth.